Excuse me. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Morgan Dorks. This is a bi-weekly Daria podcast where we take an in-depth look at our favorite animated teenage misanthrope episode by episode. I'm Rob Press. And I'm Nissa Lee. And today we are looking at Season 5, Episode 10, Ant Nauseam, in which a family... I know, cute, right? (laughs) A family divorce means Helen's sister, Rita, comes to town, which of course means nothing but trouble. Also, Stacy and Tiffany wear the same dress, and this is somehow an entire B-plot. The episode aired on June 4th, 2001, and it was written by Jacqueline Rheingold. This is the second of Rheingold's two episodes. The first was this season's The Story of D, which currently sits at number eight on our list and is the best of season five thus far. Um, the other one is... Oh, I'm blanking on the title of it i don't <laughs> and i think that it sits at 50 uh yeah i don't th- i don't think we appreciated i don't all that much i know no, we appreciated we, we appreciated aunt amy but there was a lot there was some like gross stuff going on in there yes there was a lot of uh, gross stuff yeah uh yeah i don't uh number 51 51 Oof. it is where we learned of rob's love for aunt amy it's true We'll, we'll rehash that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's going to take a tragic turn toward the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So why don't we hop right into our beat by beat? Hop, hop. Is <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. the <laughs> interstitial music not playing? What the hell? There we go. We open at the Morgendorfer dinner table where Jake is serving up kern, corn pork and cabbage, a recipe on kern, kern perk <laughs> and cabbage. A good start. A recipe out of his new Civil War cookbook. Helen enters to share some good news. Her firm has finally settled a big case and she's going to have some time off to spend with her family. Phone rings and an enthusiastic Helen answers, only to realize it's her sister Rita on the other end of the line. The mood shifts. Turns out Rita's daughter, Erin, is getting divorced. She wants Helen to handle the divorce, and Helen initially declines, but then their mother calls and talks Helen into it. Just right off the bat, the idea of a Civil War cookbook is yet another folly of Jake in the kitchen. Um, But he's really into it. He's super into it, and I guess he would be. That makes sense. But the idea of a Civil War cookbook is just gross for a whole bunch of reasons, like putting aside how worrying it is that a huge chunk of our country continues to celebrate that time. Half of us decided it was worth trying to kill the other half over the right to own human beings. Uh, There's also the matter of civil war era food being positively gross. Uh, Corned pork was a part of the civil war diet because deeply salting meat was basically the only feasible way to preserve it back then. And FYI, in case you're wondering, because I was, the corned part of corned pork or corned beef, or as we like to say, corned perk. Um, <laughs> it's going to catch on, just you Yes, wait. yes. Uh, so it's named from the salt grains or corns with which the meat was preserved. Um, this use of corn as a verb dates back to at least uh, the 1550s. So 
Thanks, Online Etymology Dictionary, my favorite website ever, which is etymonline.com. I was going to say, you probably have that bookmarked. <laughs> oh, I don't even need a bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> it's my homepage. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. <laughs> um, we we kind of like skipped right over it in the beat by beat, but kind of a dark and unfortunate turn for Helen's colleague, Eric, who is revealed to be in rehab. Mm-hmm. Um Lawyers are the target of a lot of hatred in pop culture, and some of that is earned. But what's discussed less often is the frequency of depression and substance abuse among individuals in the legal profession. Depression affects approximately 7% of the U.S. population, but one study, which we'll link in the show notes, uh, found that more than 45% of attorneys experience it over the course of their career. Yeah, that same study found nearly 21% of lawyers, quote, screened positively for hazardous, harmful, and potentially alcohol-dependent drinking. Hazardous, harmful, and potentially potentially alcohol-dependent. That is quite a list there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Covered all the bases. Yeah. If I were HR, I would take a look at those numbers and completely overhaul my legal office's work culture. Like, kick (laughs) everyone out by 5 p.m. and say, go take care of yourselves. And definitely no more prescription amphetamine donuts in the kitchen. Okay, well, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get my greenie donuts. What am I doing here? (laughs) Take a hike. (laughs) No, literally, take a hike. Go. See the outdoors. Get some hair. <laughs> so as we mentioned, uh, you might remember Aaron's wedding from season two, from the season two episode, I Don't. It was a disaster. You might also remember that in the previous Jacqueline Reingold episode, The Story of Dee, we heard Aaron's marriage was on the rocks and she'd only married her husband because he gave her herpes and she thought nobody else would want her. I don't know why Jacqueline Reingold has it out for poor Aaron, but here we are. I suppose it's the only wedding story that the show has had, so it must lead to divorce. (laughs) That's a fair point. And for what it's worth, uh, divorce in America has peaked around both 1980 and 1990 at a rate of about five divorces or annulments per 1,000 people. Or in raw numbers, that's about 1.2 million divorces or annulments. Uh, And at this time that the episode aired in 2001, that number had dipped a tiny bit (laughs) to 940,000. You can actually find a nifty chart that collects these statistics from the CDC since 1870 in a blog post by Randy Olson that we'll link in the show notes. According to the CDC, in 2019, the divorce rate hit a low of 2.7 per 1,000, uh, or I'm going to say this number, 746,971 <laughs> divorces or annulments. <laughs> Whew. The last time we've seen numbers like that is in 1970 or 71. So good job, everybody. <laughs> way, to, way to make it work. <laughs> I love that we have divorce statistics from the 1870s. I know, right? <laughs> I think at that point they don't like they just it's like three it's like three couples, right? Like you get your picture and <laughs> <laughs> I I yeah, it wasn't a lot. It was pretty low on that chart. <laughs> <laughs> Here are all the divorces across the country in 1870. Here's Jim and Susan. 
Here's Patricia and John. Wow, I just named my grandparents. Jesus. Wow. Uh, I I lived (laughs) in a house that that was older than that, though. Whoa. Yeah. uh, It was built in 1864. Oh, damn. I know. It was a a Civil War era house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like tunnels and stuff. (laughs) Uh, It had a um, kind of um, speakeasy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it had like a basement bar and like a hidden door kind of thing. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of stories in the neighborhood about that house. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Why are we talking about Dario? We should be talking about your house. <laughs> I really wish we stayed, but oh, it was boy. very big and very expensive. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> One other throwback to I don't. Uh, Helen has always held a grudge with Rita because she perceives Rita to be their mother's favorite, uh, which is why she's so susceptible to folding and taking the divorce case the moment her mother asks her to do so. This is an aspect of Helen's character that we really don't get to see very often, but it's a neat little wrinkle, and it's a stunningly relatable depiction of family dynamics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got all that out of that tiny little scene in the kitchen. Yes, we did. <laughs> Uh, over at Lawndale High, jaded by Aerosmith plays as Sandy and Quinn are talking about Sandy's attempt to pass off Bram Stoker's Dracula as her own work. Because if there's anything you're going to tune into the fashion club for, it's a passionate discussion of copyright law. When Stacy arrives in a new dress that she's very excited about. Sandy and Quinn both approve, much to Stacy's delight. But then Tiffany arrives, and she's wearing the same damn dress. Sandy, as expected, is a total shithead about it. <laughs> yes, uh, she is. <laughs> At the Morgendorfer house that evening, Daria and Jake are watching Six Sad World. Jake's still working on Civil War recipes. Helen's on the phone with Rita, who reveals she won't be coming with Aaron to go over the divorce paperwork. She's using the money Helen's saving her to go take her actor boyfriend on a trip to New York, apparently. Anyway, the doorbell rings and Daria answers to find Tom. She explains the issue to him and he offers to take her on a drive to chat about things, or not. And she politely declines, except it's not polite at all. She literally shuts the door in his face mid-sentence. Yeah, we'll talk about that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, look, Sandy shouldn't be trying to pass off Dracula as her own work. No, Let's get that out there. Okay. It is worth noting that the 1897 Bram Stoker novel has been in the public domain for nearly 60 years and can be reproduced without any copyright penalty. Yes, yes, but I doubt that the school assignment asked for a reproduction of a novel. (laughs) Spoken like a teacher, narc. (laughs) I mean, I think in it, it was interesting um, in the first scene when Quinn says uh, that Sandy tried to to say like, well, if you want to get technical about it, uh, <laughs> all all written things are plagiarized because we're using what what did she say? Because we're all using the we're same language, the same, or, yeah, the or same we're words, all using or, words. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> let's huh, let's pull on that thread for a little while. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh boy, Sandy. Yeah. She's you know, she else. totally wants a rumble like right then and there when she <laughs> sees the two of them in that same dress. She's like, let's go. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. It's that yes. Uh-huh. All right. Reminds me of that uh John Mulaney bit where he talks about his family was going to go on a trip and the place they were staying at the owner had it had only had one arm so their father so their father sat the children down before they left he was like all right 
we're going to go visit this place. The owner has one arm. And the kids are like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And the father's like, I'm telling you now so that you won't ask him any questions about it. And then John's like, how do you lose the arm? And the father says, that's exactly the question you won't be asking. (laughs) Uh, It's that same spirit you get from from Sandy, that same like juvenile glee that Mm -hmm. chaos will ensue. Absolutely. So, so opinions on Stacy and Tiffany's dress, like who wears it better? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, Stacy is is an infinitely better person. <laughs> so you're just gonna go with Stacy? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Stacy. She's adorable. Right. You can't not like. Come on, she like is so proud of herself. She is. Um, frankly, I think the dress looks very uncomfortable, and I would never have worn something like that to school. I, in fact, like. Would would girls get sent home for wearing a dress like that to school? <laughs> Probably. I think I, I think I remember being Just like, "Oh, so I saw it." Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, and it you know ties into societal you know, societal yeah. pressure yeah. on women to not you know not provoke the male instinct or whatever the uh-huh. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Women um, must be responsible for men's. For, yeah. The reactions. Erections. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Rita's actor boyfriend, <laughs> it, Rafe, as in Rafe Fines, is is Rita dating Rafe Fines? I I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, for a hot minute, right? But yeah, yeah. I what? <laughs> <laughs> it you know and and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later. We don't really dive into too much about how Helen comes from an extremely well-off family. And we and we don't really you know part of that is Helen apparently like struck out on her own, you know? Like she she definitely does not live the elevated lifestyle that her sister lives, you know? And no, yeah. And Amy kind of doesn't either now that you, now that I think about it. Yeah, Although they she work certainly for she seems own. to be doing okay. Yeah, they're they're doing all right, but yeah. uh, you know their sister is definitely um, living off of other people's money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Finally, yeah, we we are going to circle back on that whole Daria shutting the door in Tom's face thing because what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for now, though, I can't stop thinking about Quinn's ear swallowing her phone, Ugh. which is what he said. Like, isn't Quinn afraid that that her ear will, will like grow into her phone or something like that? And I was like, oh, that is that is some awful Ugh. imagery. <laughs> yeah, that's some, uh, some Cronenberg. <laughs> some straight body horror. Yep. Ugh. Anyway, back back at Lawndale High, <laughs> Jane and Daria are chatting about the divorce situation. They wander past the fashion club who are debating over who gets to keep the dress. Stacy puts on a compelling but also kind of depressing argument, while Tiffany just kind of phones it in. Sandy and Quinn realize maybe a debate isn't the way to go, and we hear New Disease by Spineshank. Spineshank is a very 90s band name. Um, I've never heard of Spine Shank, but I've never heard when, of them either. But when I I saw that with their name, I was like Spinishank. <laughs> Spinishank. <laughs> what is this word? They were an American new metal band from Los Angeles, and yeah, they were they were very much a ni- late nineties, early two thousands. That's about all I know. 
Back at the Morgendorfer residence, Daria and Quinn are both preparing for Aaron's arrival. Quinn's reading a fashion magazine to try and figure out how she'll make Aaron over, while Daria's reading Our American Cousin, an 1858 farce play by English writer Tom Taylor, in which a well-off English family welcomes their ill-behaved jackass American cousin who has come to claim the family estate. All right. Helen Not insists- relevant at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, Helen insists on creating a welcoming environment for Aaron and is trying to get the rest of the family on board when the doorbell rings. Helen answers, expecting to find Aaron, but it's Rita. And that's the end of Act 1 with Spineshank's new disease leading us into commercial. So my favorite part of the Fashion Club debate scene is when Sandy says that Tiffany will give the rebuttal and Tiffany says, Ew, that word. (laughs) 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 Tiffany is season five tiffany is a real good turnaround (laughs) infinitely entertaining yeah and speaking of of the lesser fashion club members as we've noted before every glimpse we get into stacy's life and mindset is even more depressing than the last (laughs) this poor girl has as she has has no self-confidence whatsoever and she has surrounded herself with just the queens of self-confidence yeah, her her argument uh, is that she has a slight asymmetry in her shoulders, yes. <laughs> which makes it difficult for her to find outfits that look good on her. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's so it's so sad. Oh, I feel so yeah. bad for her. Also, I am absolutely loving the choice of our American cousin for Daria's reading material here. Not. Mm-hmm. Not only because of how it fits in with the goings-on of the episode, um, but also because it has a morbid place in American history that Daria would no doubt appreciate, because it was the play being watched by U.S. President Abraham Lincoln when he was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. Yes, it was. But there will be no assassinations in this episode. No, not for lack of trying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That has nothing to do with anything, I was just saying. Um, Actually... Act two picks up right where act one left off and Helen wants to know what the hell Rita's doing here. Uh, Apparently Rita's actor boyfriend broke up with her and Aaron's not here because Helen and Rita's mother sent her to Switzerland for a week at a spa. Helen notes it'd be helpful to have one of the people getting divorced actually in the room when discussing the divorce, but Rita insists they can just get Aaron on the phone if they need to. Oh, and Rita's getting her house painted, so she's going to need to crash with the Morgendorfers for the week. Trouble brewing. Uh, Helen and Rita are just getting started discussing the circumstances of the divorce when Quinn wanders in with Aaron on the phone and reveals that Aaron, unbeknownst to the rest of the family, signed a prenuptial agreement with her ex-husband, meaning things just got way, way more complicated. Helen insists this is well outside of her range of expertise and she'd like to pass it off to one of her associates, but Rita digs in and says it's typical of Helen to not want to help if it's going to take her more than 10 minutes. She just has to mention their mother once before Helen angrily agrees to take the case. Meanwhile, off in the kitchen, Jake has pulled Daria aside to talk about how he plans to flee in horror and will be looking for a signal from Daria to ensure Helen's sister is gone before he returns. He runs out just as Quinn enters and suggests the two of them, Quinn and Daria, stick around this week to act as peacekeepers. Oh. I know. <laughs> that was a mouthful. A lot um, happened. Yeah. Uh I want to know how the hell Aaron signed a prenuptial agreement with her husband without anybody else in the family knowing or finding out about it. Like, that seems bonkers to me. Yeah, I really don't know too much about prenups. Um, 
but are family members typically involved in the signing of one? I mean, if it's only a witness that's needed, I could see how the family could be left in the dark. But but if she has like a trust fund or something that she needs to report for the prenup, then that might be a different story. <laughs> I suppose so. I mean, I guess it, it depends on like, does she have her own lawyer or does she use the family lawyer? Is there... You know, do her assets include, like you said, trust funds or anything that's been set up for her? Like, it's such an intensely complicated thing. And it's also a big thing to do to like sign a prenup. Like, I don't know. It, it, it just seems weird that a family that well off would leave themselves financially vulnerable like that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, oh, f- for those not up on what a prenuptial agreement is, because I'm, I'm unsure how common. You know how common they are. It's a legal document that both parties can sign before they get married. It creates an agreed upon divvying up of assets should the couple get divorced. It's basically a document that says, if we break up, this is your shit, this is my shit. These can come back to bite you if you are in the party with more to lose, as Aaron's finding out, because even if you bring in way more than your fair share of the marital assets to the table, the prenuptial agreement can give your spouse half of everything in the event of a divorce. Yeah. You know, it, it- this is a complicated situation, and I really do appreciate that Helen is honest about the fact that, you know, this is not her specialty. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, you know, they need an, a, a divorce lawyer. Um, you know, I, I definitely admire when someone can say, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. It's such a, it's a seemingly pretty rare thing to hear is someone just being like, no, I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is somebody else's thing. But yes, yeah, you know, she tries, she tries being straightforward about that and it gets her precisely nowhere, but <laughs> it's, but it's nice to see. And we've talked uh, quite a bit about Daria's family is relatively well off, especially compared to like the standard middle-class lifestyle. But Rita coming around really drives home how huge the gap is between the well-off and the straight up wealthy. Uh, and this gets reflected in the family dynamic. Like Helen's unhappy with her mother because one granddaughter, Aaron, is getting support and financial assistance, while the other two granddaughters, Daria and Quinn, aren't seeing any of that. You know, we we saw and heard about this in I Don't. It was a point of contention. Yeah, and a trip to a spa in Switzerland doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> That's a pretty nice way to to spend your divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somehow though, Rita decides to crash at the Morgendorfers for a week while her house is being painted instead of getting a hotel room, which she can clearly afford. It's yeah. just so painful to watch. Oh boy. <laughs> Speaking of pain, <laughs> I really find Jake's reaction to this whole situation to be kind of endearing. From the start, he is against Helen getting involved, and he is just so right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and in this scene, we start seeing how Quinn is reacting to this conflict. She sees sister sparring, so she's going to be nice to her sister. That's kind of sweet as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the, you know, the... Each of the Morgendorfers has reacted in a way that you would kind of expect, I suppose. I think maybe Quinn is possibly the most surprising, but maybe not necessarily in the context of season five, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I do, like, obviously Jake deciding he's just going to straight up vacate the house and, like, sleep in the garage is, is, you know, it's played up for comical effect. But also, like, 
he's been married to Helen for a long time. He's known this family for a long time. He knows when he should just not get involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And he knows when it'd probably be better for Helen to not get involved. Uh, And I think, you know, that's, that is pretty relatable. You know, when the, when the spouse gets into it with their, with their family or their sisters and brothers, you just kind of, you know your place, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know where you sit in relation to all of that, and you either know, you know how to help out, or you know how to just stay away from it, yep. <laughs> let how it run its course. Help out or get out. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to see. There's a lot of it's. It's again. It's a very. It's a nice little wrinkle in the family dynamic that's kind of fun to see depicted in a cartoon <laughs> meant for teenage girls. Yeah, I think that Daria, her her reaction to this is, I have to take care of everybody and make sure it doesn't fall apart, which I find mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, yeah, 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 I think it is certainly, it's indicative of the, you know, more, it's indicative of the softer Daria that we've come to know. Well, she also regards herself as the responsible one, you know? Right. And and I think here she's like, I have to take responsibility for everybody now. Right. Right. And so she just doesn't have time for Tom and mm-hmm. yeah, which, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, so we cut to the fashion club and one more time by Daft Punk plays as the crew looks to return Stacy and Tiffany's matching dresses. Turns out they bought said dresses more than two weeks ago, so they can't return them. Tiffany snipes at Stacy, who snipes back, and their mild argument gets a sensitive Quinn worked up and pleading for the two of them to resolve their differences before it's too late. The rest of the group picks up on the weirdness. Meanwhile, Jake's at the movies and biding his time until he can return home. Back at the Morgendorfer residence, Helen's at the kitchen table with Rita going over paperwork. It's a very tense situation. Out in the living room, Quinn answers the phone. It's Aaron calling to reveal that the divorce is off. Quinn looks to relay the good news to Helen and Rita, but they've already left the divorce paperwork behind and are just arguing. Even the news that the divorce is off doesn't help because it turns out Aaron's ex-ex-husband has flown out to Switzerland to be with her for a second honeymoon, and it's no doubt happening on Helen's mother's credit card, while Helen and Jake have to pay down their own wedding and never got a first honeymoon. Things are devolving quickly. The doorbell rings and Daria answers once again to find Tom. This time, instead of shutting the door in his face, she steps out to chat with him on the doorstep. Except she doesn't want to talk about everything that's happening, and she doesn't have much else to discuss, so they just kind of stand there awkwardly for a second before Daria decides to ditch him and head back inside. Tom's taken aback at how cold Daria's being, but this appears to go right over her head as she heads into the living room and leaves him on the doorstep. Wow. Our uh, beat-by-beats are getting chunky. (laughs) Yeah. So there's – and this is – I think of late, I've been trying to like – really pepper in comments more and do less reading of like big chunks of beat by beat at a time but also there's like fairly large chunks of this episode there there isn't a whole lot to say about like individual conversations and stuff like that because there there are a number of things that just get kind of repeated over and over again (laughs) that's that's very true i i i will you know say that at the top with the fashion club scene there's a, a really good line where when Stacy is saying like well you know you can wear the dress on odd days and I'll wear it on even days <laughs> and Tiffany says Stacy days have names not numbers <laughs> <laughs> she's so good 
It's like they, okay. it's like they brought in like the Tiffany intern or something like that. It's just <laughs> some random person out of nowhere decided no, Tiffany's going to be the best character we have. Mm-hmm. It's sort of sort of you know feeding into what we were just talking about, big chunks of beat by beat. Like I wish I had more to say about this contentious relationship between Helen and Rita, but it is just kind of playing one note over and over. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, Helen. It is. Helen says something very straightforward and relatively innocuous and Rita barbs her a little bit and then Helen barbs back and they just get into it. This happens like six times in this episode. <laughs> and and they've even argued about the same things in the past episode. So it's not like it's not like we're hearing anything new. Right. Right. I will say this. I find it interesting that Helen's relationship with her mother closely resembles the relationship Jake has, or I guess had, with his father, wherein they are... Look, Jake's father was an emotionally abusive shitlord. Uh, Helen's mother appears to dote on Rita and Aaron while ignoring her other daughters and granddaughters. Both of those relationships are extremely complicated. Uh, in both of them, you know, Helen and Jake are both looking for just some kind of appreciation and acceptance <laughs> from their parents. You know, um, they are relatively well adjusted considering <laughs> yes yes helen uh, especially honestly, yeah i'm i'm surprised that helen hasn't just cut ties with them you'd figure right like she struck out on her own and done so well at it you know i, I, I don't know something about weird. family blah 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 yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the only only place you go where they have to take you in, right? That's mm-hmm. the that's the saying. Except it's like yeah, totally not the case. But when, when your house is being painted, it's <laughs> true. That's a good point. The Morgendorfer residence is the only place where when you go, they have to take you in. It's <laughs> how Trent shows up all the time. All right, what do we think about how Daria is treating Tom here? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. at this point in the episode we'll get into it later on. And obviously we've both seen the episode, so we know what's happening here. But at this point in the episode, where's your head at with this? Like, is this a matter of Daria only having so much bandwidth or is she like a bit sour on relationships at the moment because she's watching the fallout from her cousin's shitty marriage? Uh, If we want to really go shoot the moon, uh, (laughs) is the wealth gap between her mother and the rest of her mother's family underscoring the wealth gap between her family and Tom's? You know, Uh, I I didn't think about the wealth gap, to be honest, Um, but I suppose all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) I I read it at first as bandwidth. she gets to escape from the madness for a moment, but she doesn't want to talk about the madness and there's nothing else to talk about. Um, And she feels like she needs to be present to referee because she's the responsible one. Um, She's telling him the truth about these things, but the abrupt goodbyes, you know, they're a sign that she's freaked out about relationships right now. Not just, Mm -hmm. not just romantic relationships, um, family relationships. I think, the fact that the romantic relationships conflict is remote while the family relationship conflict is in her face is kind of screwing with her sense of what's bothering her, you know, like why she's treating him that way. Otherwise, she would communicate this. Yeah. Because, you know, she's a good communicator. <laughs> when you when you get her to do it, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> kudos to Tom for being so damn patient pains me to say it but <laughs> yeah i was gonna say oh boy i know i know um, but 
but yeah, you know, like I, I feel as though a slightly less nuanced Tom, a slightly earlier in the series, Tom would probably not take as he would not take this in stride as mm-hmm. Tom does in this episode. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I feel like, you know, we've had episodes before where Daria, you know, is, is a little bit distant to him and he's, you know, right on her to be like, Hey, you know, what the fuck? And this time around, you know, and, you know, again, chalk it up to, you know, maybe Tom is, maybe Tom understands that, boy, this is a really complicated mess and I just need to be there when I need to be there. And other than that, you know, whatever. Yeah, it adds a an interesting layer to the conflict. I'm I'm not yes. sure if it's necessarily needed. <laughs> if it's necessarily necessary. Um It really but, doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I mean because he he shows up and it's like, "Oh, hey, this guy." Um <laughs> you know, the the encounters are extremely brief. Um, yes. I don't know. Uh, but it's it does like I said, add an interesting layer, particularly because the wealth thing, <laughs> <laughs> which is not, you know, the central thing no, for no. her and Tom anymore, at least. Right. Yeah. I feel Yeah. We've, we've covered that ground, I guess. Yeah. Uh, once inside, Daria answers the phone. It's Jake calling from what appears to be a biker bar <laughs> to see if Rita's still in town. Uh, Daria covers for him when Helen asks where the hell her husband is and then absconds up to her room when Rita jumps into the discussion to shit on Helen some more. Up in her room, Daria dials the phone and it's motherfucking Aunt Amy on the other end. (laughs) Fittingly, we hear one more time, one more time, as we go into the end of Act 2. Oh boy, Aunt Amy. Aunt Amy. We haven't seen Aunt Amy since Through a Lens Darkly. We won't be seeing her again after this episode. She is a criminally underused character, especially for everything she brings out in Daria. Boy, I hope you I don't regret saying that in a couple so minutes. Much. I do love her so much. She's fantastic. <laughs> uh, she is a good aunt when she's not with her sisters. <laughs> yes. She is an amazing aunt outside of the Barksdale trio. Yes. Um, can we just stop to appreciate that Jake is at a bar playing billiards with a pirate? (laughs) (laughs) This is, I feel like it's the last, I feel like in each of the last few episodes we've had like, just there's a, there's like a C plot going on all the way in the background that we just don't, we don't look in on except for more than a few seconds at a time. Mm -hmm. And it is buck wild (laughs) whatever's happening over there is crazy awesome Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it's like why can't this be the a plot (laughs) yeah i need to know act three opens in the morgendorfer guest room which we've never seen before uh where rita's packing up to leave early and helen's come in the spirit of making peace she suggests when sorry don't you love when rooms just just appear yeah Yeah. just new spaces like some house of leaves shit just like (laughs) Just randomly showing up in the house. Yep. The Morgendorfer house is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. So Rita's packing up to leave early and Helen's come in the spirit of making peace. She suggests they bury the hatchet and bake some cookies and end up in the kitchen holding those tubes of cookie dough that just beg to be eaten straight up. I don't I don't know who actually makes cookies out of them. I don't know why you didn't just eat them. The doorbell rings and Quinn answers to find Aunt Amy, whose suspicions that Helen and Rita are just getting along and baking cookies are soon validated by how quickly Sisterly Cookie Bake 2001 falls apart. Amy and Quinn head up to Daria's room and Quinn seems to be doing her best to 
be super friendly with Daria. She departs, leaving Amy and Daria to talk about what's going on. Daria's a little unnerved by the implications her 24-year-old cousin's divorce have on her own prospects. She's keenly aware of how all this is affecting Quinn, and she's more than a little exhausted that Tom keeps dropping by unannounced and trying to steal her time, when she very clearly doesn't have any. Amy points out that it would seem Tom's trying to offer her some of his own time. This is clearly a new thought pattern for Daria, who, one would hope, suddenly feels like a bit of a turd. <laughs> um, again, turd. turd. Uh, Amy Barksdale, criminally underutilized. Uh, Daria getting to sit down and talk with her is very much like Daria sitting down to talk with the 40-year-old version of herself, and the result is always good. It's also another portrayal of interesting family dynamics, which we get a lot of in this episode, and I kind of can't get enough of that. I think it's it's a 40-year-old version of Daria if she were more socially aware yeah. or well-versed. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Just a slightly more well-adjusted version. Of- <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, the the line about him offering some of his own time, like when she said that, I was like, wait, what? How does that work? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that's kind of smart. <laughs> <laughs> telling you, Aunt Amy. <laughs> Got the answer to everything. I hope, it, I hope the image of her doesn't fall apart in the next five minutes. <laughs> mm, we'll see. <laughs> I will say we can – so here in the episode is when I really started to see where Quinn was going with all of this. Like you kind of had a suspicion during the freak out with the fashion club, but right here it becomes pretty obvious that you know in the way this is affecting Quinn uh, and why she's doing what she's doing and why she's acting the way she's acting. Yeah. Well, she says that Daria's hair isn't looking that bad today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's high praise. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little heartbreaking. It's also really lovely. Yes, it it, it is very sweet. I'm enjoying Quinn's arc in this story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, downstairs, Helen and Rita are still going at it when Amy just sort of leaps right in. Uh, saying, quote, I thought I would drive a few hours, drop by, and see if you guys were still having the same fight you've been having for 40 years, unquote. Uh, her presence is... Probably not as calming as Daria would have hoped. Uh, Amy thinks Helen's ridiculous for nursing a childhood grudge for decades over Rita being the favorite. Helen thinks Amy just tried to float above it all to do whatever the hell she wanted. Rita thinks she isn't the favorite because Helen overachieved and made her sisters look like garbage in comparison. And everything just breaks down into incomprehensible squabbling before Daria interrupts it with a shout. And then her and Quinn go ahead and show the sisters how ridiculous they're being. We're going to go ahead and play that clip. Gee, Rita, are you ever going to get a job? Why should I, Helen, when you won't pay attention to mother? And you, Amy, who asked you? Yeah, you had a dance floor at your wedding. You're a show-off and a know-it-all. You just hide in your room like a Kermit. Mom likes you better. (laughs) That's because I call her better. (laughs) Oh, Rita. Helen. I'm sorry. Me too. Oh. Oh. Uh, It's so good. Good. Uh, it works like a charm. Suddenly the Barksdale women are doing just fine. We need to pause and appreciate Quinn saying that Daria just, quote, hides in her room like a Kermit. <laughs> yes. I call her better. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so great. I mean, the whole scene is a little bizarre. It really is. But 
but also there's just something, you know, look, what do we think of Darian Quinn being the ones who show Helen, Rita and Amy, how silly they're being? Like, <laughs> I think it's a great indication of just how far Darian Quinn's relationship has come over the course of the show. Like you try to imagine these events going down in like season two, and it's probably a little difficult for Helen to realize that her teenage daughters have lapped her and her sisters in terms of getting through petty childhood disagreements. Yeah, I would hope that Helen is proud of them. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have to imagine. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. They've um, they've grown. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Helen probably knows they still have plenty of time to to dream up entirely new petty childhood disagreements. So. Oh, totally. <laughs> You're never quite done fighting with your sibling, but you know it, it, it's it's a wonderful bit of maturity from from these two after five years of watching them, you know, sometimes be at each other's throats. I don't know; it's it's very nice. I think what I like the most about it is just how easily Quinn joins in. <laughs> She's yes. like, "Yes, I see what's going on." He's one hundred percent on there. board with this. Yes, <laughs> and all right. For all my Aunt Amy praise, I got to say, it's pretty disappointing to see her sink to the level of her sisters. Mm -hmm. um, that said, it's also extremely believable. <laughs> and I think we're meant to feel that disappointment because I have no doubt that that's what Daria was feeling in that moment. Like seeing Aunt Amy get sucked right into everything is what finally makes her snap. Yeah, she really has to be the responsible one here. <laughs> <laughs> Daria has transcended Aunt Amy. <laughs> <laughs> the student what, what is it the, the student the out student has whatever the student has put the shoe on the other turntable yes yes <laughs> that's exactly what i'm trying to say <laughs> uh i but i suppose that there has to be a time when your childhood idol becomes human yeah don't meet your heroes <laughs> yeah it's, it's a really bad idea uh. And Amy still rules, whatever. I still love her. She's great. It's just, you know, she's not necessarily above the squabbles of, of sisterhood. Squabble, it happens. Squabble, squabble. squabble. Uh, at the pizza place, Daria and Tom are finally sitting down and chatting. Daria explains how the situation got resolved and apologizes to Tom for being a jerk for the past few days. He totally gets it and suggests they go see a movie. But Daria reveals she actually did take Quinn up on her offer to watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Over at another table, the fashion club's discussing the dress issue. Sandy places Stacy and Tiffany on suspension for not doing wardrobe checks. Stacy, in protest, accidentally ends up knocking some soda onto Tiffany's version of the dress. Sandy suggests this was a purposeful and horrendous violation, but Stacy says she didn't mean it and offers Tiffany her own version of the dress to prove it. Stacy and Tiffany hug it out, which results in the soda also getting on Stacy's dress, and now they're both ruined. Fantastic. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I will say, Tom, talking about growing up in a repressed household is so painfully relatable. Uh, the, the quote, we always just have to pretend problems don't exist. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, this pierced my soul. Yeah. I look, our our household was our household was Italian Irish. All right. So uh -huh. half our family was very much intent on just kind of holding on to all of their problems until they died. And <laughs> Half our family never got enough of telling you what all their problems were as loud as they could in any setting. <laughs> Ours is Irish Polish. So Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> y'all are just gonna y'all are just 
going to hold on to it forever. Yes, hold on to it forever. Then haunt (laughs) haunt everybody with our silence (laughs) when we're gone. (laughs) Oh, family. Uh (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Gone with the wind. It's almost four hours long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. Not sure I ever want to. I I also have not seen the whole thing. Um, Mm. I've liked what I've seen, I guess. Like, you know, it's... There's a reason it's considered like one of the best, but you know, you really got to commit and I just haven't been able to. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm going to spare that time anytime soon. Yeah. Back in the Morgan Norfolk residence, Quinn and Daria are just wrapping up Gone with the Wind. Uh, Quinn's clearly feeling some pretty heavy emotions and Daria does the sisterly thing and tries to talk her through it. Quinn wants her wants to know her and Daria won't be having the same fight for the next 20 years like their mother and sisters. Daria assures her it's not going to go down that way. Quinn seems happy with that, and it looks like the Morganorfer girls are going to be just fine. Meanwhile, off in the garage, Jake can't remember the signals he gave to Daria to let him know things were okay and it was safe to return, so he sleeps in the garage tonight. And that's the end of the episode with the appropriately named Let It Go by Morchiba playing over the credits. So it didn't occur to me that he was actually sleeping in their garage. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, he's just sleeping in some abandoned warehouse or something. <laughs> Again, man, what a, what a C plot. I know. <laughs> I guess it's a D plot, right? So you have, you have Helen and her sisters. That's your A plot. Obviously mm-hmm. you have the fashion club. That's your B plot. And you have Daria and Tom. Daria and Tom, which are would your be C plot. Yeah. And then you have Jake. Poor old Doing his Jake. Own thing. That is a Poor D old plot. Jakey. <laughs> that's that an A plus plot in a D slot is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Nice rhyming. Thank you. I do what I can sometimes. It wasn't a very long or heartfelt conversation compared to some that we've seen on the show, but this like understanding that Quinn and Daria come to is really adorable. Yeah. Um, this relationship means a lot to them, even if they express it in different ways. And it's just, it's really great to see. Yes. Very sweet. Yeah. All right. I think that is it for our, our beat by beat and all that. We kind of motored right through that. I was Uh, wondering if we did. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we did considering like like the (laughs) uh, 15 minutes of of house talk before. (laughs) Yeah. And not podcast house talk. No, no. It's, it was house house talk. It's, and not Gregory house talk, just (laughs) straight (laughs) a house, (laughs) a house, what have ants in it and holes and holes in the floor. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's batshit. Yeah, y'all, I'm having a hell of a home buying time. Anyway, yeah, I we'll get into it a little bit in the episode ranking, but I just think there were there were aspects of this episode that I did not feel bad about kind of zooming right through because things got a little repetitive to some yeah. extent, you know. Um, let's talk about it in the episode ranking. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's move on over there. All right, I'm gonna hit the interstitial music and, and then it'll be official. Yes. I really just needed a groove break. Yeah. Oh, I hear yeah. you. We all yeah. need a groove break at some point. So, so you were saying. Uh, well, so there were large parts of this episode that just kind of, there wasn't necessarily a whole lot to say because they were hitting kind of the same note over and over, you know, like 
Daria blows off Tom twice at the front door. Quinn or Quinn, Helen and Rita get into the same squabble matches like four or five times. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a uh, an abuse of the three beat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. God. Yes. You know, as much as I as much as I love uh, the idea of of Jake, you know, striking out on his own and doing his own thing. That's a that's you know, I mean, I, that is a three beat. But it's also like, you know, we didn't get a whole lot different out of each of them. Like, like it was just kind Except of- Except a pirate. We did get the pirate playing billiards. That was fun. And it, and it was a it was a fun D plot. Um, but also like it didn't hit any new notes either. It was just kind of there, which, you know, to some extent, that's the point of a three beat to, or of a three beat. So I'm not going to like hold it against it, but- But like it, the entire story can't be a three beat. And, yeah. And we- and the structure of this was like, here's another fight. Here's another fight. Okay, here's the third fight. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it, it seems like, and while, while that structure of the threes is important, like with your three acts, it's just fighting about the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to some extent, like if, if you want to say, all right, we needed to establish that Helen and Rita in the same room is basically a hurricane and, and it becomes extremely messy and it's extremely difficult to stay above. If you need to establish that so that you can build up Aunt Amy as a potential tiebreaker, you know, and, and have her come in and, and sweep all this away and, and be above it all. And then she comes in and she just gets swept in, like, mm-hmm. in exactly the same way. If you need to build up to that, fine. That's great. And I think, you know, it, it could have been almost as simple as just hitting that moment harder, like that moment of Amy getting sucked into it too. I think if you really hit hard how shitty that has to be for Daria to see that happen, you know, maybe you can get away with the fact that Rita and Helen just kind of fight for, <laughs> for like 15 of your 20 minutes. Right. Um, I mean, I'm th- I'm also thinking of like, what what's a better way to to find um to find like new aspects of the dynamics between these sisters and and you know we have we have Helen's sister crashing there not just like asking for professional help from Helen but crashing in her personal space and yeah like i think that we could really we could really benefit from seeing how that living arrangement plays out you know yes she's supposed to be there for a week and that like that hangs over that hangs over like half the episode is the idea that Rita's supposed to be there for a week and then that ultimately ends up meaning nothing because she's right. only there for like a day yeah so like let's see what that looks like right it doesn't even have right. to be that long but like you know let's see her complain about bac- accommodations or like <laughs> you know leave her shit everywhere and like expect the maid to pick it up you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like like what i mean like that's the physical kind of stuff that you can latch on to to really understand like where both of them are coming from right and how they clash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So like structurally, this episode has some issues. I think, you know, minute to minute, it's pretty entertaining. Like I there are there are plenty of little moments in here that I really appreciate. You know, obviously, more Aunt Amy, always a good thing. 
I think the I think that the the fashion club is where we got most of our quotes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was just about to say the fashion club's bit is actually pretty entertaining. Like they yeah. get into a fight over who wore a dress better and that's like actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that she wrote the the fashion club really well. I I I have to say that like while I while we were going through these episode notes, you know, through this beat by beat, I in, enjoyed talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, you know, that was a really good line. You know, this is yeah. interesting things that are going on. But when I, I watched the episode twice and each time I walked away from it and I was like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. That's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at too. Like, I definitely don't hate this episode. I think there's plenty to like about it. I'm just not sure that I found plenty to love about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are, look, there are aspects of it that I do really, really like. That I do really love. Like, I really love Quinn and Daria getting together and being yes. sisterly, you know, and, and like, like you said, when Quinn just jumps into <laughs> Daria's improv to end the fight between the Barksdales, that's really great. And and you know Quinn's whole arc is very is very sweet throughout this entire episode, and you know I love that aspect of it. That's great. I love that Jake's up to antics. <laughs> <That's>, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Jake being used perfectly. You know, you see him every once in a while, and he's doing some crazy shit, and <laughs> and you just leave him be. You know, that's the, that stuff is great. Uh, but I keep I come back to you know the the driving plot of this thing was Ellen and Rita, and it's just kind of a slog to get through. Yeah, and and even though I liked how Daria and Quinn joined forces to resolve this shit, you know, <laughs> I I felt like the the resolution between the sisters was pretty unbelievable. And yeah. and sappy you know a little bit yeah yeah sappy um it's very abrupt yeah it was abrupt definitely like i didn't buy it yeah like after you know all these years they're just going to say oh yeah our daughters are right let's (laughs) let's be friends agreed agreed that said i will i will note that I have I have watched this exact pattern with, with siblings before, so, um, you know. Or one minute it's like, oh my god, they're never going to talk to me again, and then the next minute it's like, oh okay, everything's fine. And then five yeah. days later, we're right back in the same pattern. You know that that aspect of it, like I have seen it go down as it's played in this episode. It's it's not very well done. You're right. It's it's very abrupt. It's not very believable. Which is kind Saccharin, of a bummer. That's the word I was looking yes, for. Yes. Yes. So, all right. So we clearly have some things we, we don't necessarily love about it, but we also don't hate it. So, you know, we, we like to look at the other, the other episodes. <laughs> there is a, a gulf between these the two. The story of D and I don't. The story of D at eight and I don't at 50. One. Did Rheingold write? I don't. Oh, did she or did she? I don't not? think she did. Oh, hold on. Which I mean, well, then why did you tell me at the beginning of the episode that she didn't 
right that one uh well that, it's in the past <laughs> <laughs> thanks rob oh my god just gonna look matter. like an idiot <laughs> no okay first of all of the two of us <laughs> oh, i will not be throwing any stones you're you're um, a little modest <laughs> Uh, but anyway, but I think it is fair. I think it is absolutely fair to bring up I Don't, if only because so much of that episode is so relevant to so much of this episode. You know, we have so many of the same character interactions. Uh, you know, that episode sets this episode up uh, yeah. in, in kind of a really crazy way. You know, it is extremely relevant. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason that I don't that I didn't mention anything because I was like, no, you know, we're going to be talking about that episode a lot, so yeah. why don't we? Yeah, so it's only the two episodes that she wrote the story of D and Ant Nauseam. So right. it wasn't any other episodes. I was just completely wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but in a very understandable way because thanks, thanks. no, well, because it is like <laughs> it is so much. It is so much in line with. I don't is so much in line with these episodes. Um, so yeah, I don't was written by Peter Gaffney. I don't remember what else he worked on, but yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah, somewhere between number eight and number 51. That sounds, so yeah, where, where do you think it should be? <laughs> so it makes me look at other episodes about family, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when I, when I think of other episodes about family, I think of, uh, Speed Trapped. I think Speed Trapped is a much better episode than this. Yeah. I also look at Lane Miserable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which I think now we're we're getting a little bit closer to to where I think this episode might be able to sit. I actually. Where did we rank Lane Miserable? Lane Miserable was at twenty six. Okay. It was just below. Gotcha. It happened one nut and just above the Lawndale file. It happened when nut is classic. So good. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing episode title. Just funny episode. That's one of those <laughs> mm. that got by entirely on humor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> this episode wasn't doing anything special, but it was fucking hilarious. Number 25. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm looking at Les Miserables and I'm at 26. And I'm wondering if maybe this doesn't fit right between that and the Lawndale file. And what is your your reasoning there? So I think uh, you also have Monster down at number 34. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say somewhere between Lane Miserable and Monster. So somewhere from 26 to 34. Because that's where you sort of get into like – we have episodes in there like Cafe Disaffecto and Pinch Sitter and um, Too Cute – you know, episodes that are very like they're sort of one-offs kind of they're less about family dynamics and they're more about right. you know individual situations a lot of those are earlier episodes obviously like pinch sitter cafe, cafe disaffecto those were in the first eight of the series too cute was it episode nine and it doesn't strike me as one of those but it does strike me as you know when you talk about lame is you're talking about uh here's a look at jane's family here's, here's a look at the jane lane family and how dysfunctional they are and how things always get seem to get a little chaotic when they all end up in one room. And let's take a look at how those dynamics play off of each other and how they impact uh, the characters we care about most. So in that case, it was Jane and how Jane ended up having to, I think she ended up living with Daria for a little bit, mm -hmm. possibly. 
I believe Trent was at some point too, hanging out there. Um, Yeah, so you have all of that. I don't know if this episode really, if you could really compare them directly aside from those, you know, sort of from that sort of 40,000 foot view. Right. I think that like there is something to be said for the repetition of this episode and how, you know, the the fact that we walk away from it kind of like, eh, okay. Whereas something like, um, you love Cafe Disaffecto. I really enjoyed Pinch Sitter, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking like, maybe, maybe we can, I mean, what, like, this had some good character development. True. Um, really interesting. Um, but I think that plot wise, it had some issues. So maybe ambitious because it was juggling so many storylines. True. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe put this a below Pinch Sitter and above Arts and Crafts? Just looking to kick or, Arts and Crafts down one more, huh? Or <laughs> or or would you put it below Arts and Crafts? I think I enjoyed Arts and Crafts more than this episode. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jacob uh, so Hearts? For, you know, like Jacob Hearts and, and Too Cute, you know, you have – Again, two very strong family episodes. Yeah. Like too cute, too cute doesn't revolve around family, but it does have an extremely strong family moment. You know, where yeah. where Daria is very sisterly to Quinn and says, That's "Like, look, true. you know, what about Grope by an Angel?" Then we're just moving down the list now. Yeah, we are just moving down the list uh, again. You know, we have this. I guess we have this like little run here of episodes that made it as high up as they did because Daria was really nice to Quinn. <laughs> Between Too Cute, Grope by an Angel, and Monster. And I could swear they had a moment in Jake of Hearts as well. But Grope um, by an Angel was just kind of a weird episode, wasn't it? It was. It was a weird episode. I didn't particularly like it. I think if there's if there is an episode that I would feel completely comfortable saying, yes, Aunt Nauseam belongs above this, I would say Grope by an Angel. All right, let's do it. Wow. All right. <laughs> I think yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to at the end of this <laughs> go back and just I wanna take like one final look at the rankings when we're all done and just be like, What the fuck happened here? Yeah. How mm-hmm. how did this get where it is? Yeah. All right. So Ant nauseum at number thirty-three. Uh just under too cute and just above groped by an angel. Wow. And we have, after this, what, four episodes in a movie left? So we have three episodes in a movie three left. Episodes. We have uh, episodes 11, 12, and 13. Oh, and then God. we have the movie, which is- Oh, pres- wow. Yeah. Ostensibly, that's two episodes. I think we're, we'll probably do the same thing we did with yeah. uh, Is It Fall Yet? But yeah, we have Prize Fighters, then My Night at Daria's, and then Boxing Daria. And those are the last three proper episodes of the show. And then it's the movie- and then who knows? Yeah. And then it's the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have some discussion over like, you know, what happens after we're through the proper yeah. run of the show. Um, I suspect we will probably be taking a break. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, good Lord, we're both, <laughs> we're both pretty exhausted. Yeah. How did um, we manage this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, anyway. 
that's I feel like we go through the, the those exact talking points every single <laughs> every yeah. single time. We look at the length of the episode rankings and we're like, Jesus Christ, how did this happen? But yeah, we're we're sixty four episodes into this thing. Anyway, I think I'm gonna hit the interstitial music for the outro and then we'll get moving. And that about wraps it up for this episode of Morgan Dorks. Uh, check out our Patreon. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Morgan Dorks for a buck a month. You can support our silly mission and listen to an unedited version of each podcast a few days before it airs. Uh, I just want to note when, uh, when our final episode does eventually air, uh, well, quote unquote final episode, when the second episode of our coverage of Is It College Yet airs, uh, I am going to be pausing slash turning off that Patreon. <laughs> um, just because we won't be putting out episodes for right. some time after that. So, you know, we're not going to continue to take money from folks. Anyway, yeah, if you support it now for a buck a month, you can, you know, join the silly little mission, listen to an edited version of each podcast a few days before it airs. Uh, as always, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Morgadorks, email us at Morgadorks at gmail.com, or check out our website, anchor.fm slash Morgadorks. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Just search for Morgadorks. We're the only thing called Morgadorks. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Outpost Daria Reborn. Link is in the show notes. As always, thank you, Nissa. Thank you, Rob. Yay. And thank you, listeners. Uh, we will be back in two weeks for Season 5, Episode 11, Prize Fighters, here on Morgan Dorks. <laughs> <laughs>